Welcome to the Wayward Women podcast. My name is Lara. And I'm Michelle. If you're wondering what the definition of a wayward woman is, well, I'm going to tell you, it's women who behave in unpredictable ways and are difficult to control. If that's the definition of wayward, we decided, yeah, count us in. We are both survivors of trauma and abuse that's occurred throughout our lifetime. We're hoping here to offer insight through our own personal stories as well as the stories of inspirational guests. We want women and anyone who identifies as a woman to know you are not alone, you are not crazy, and you are a badass. Join us every week where we'll be discussing a range of topics that we hope all women can identify with and topics no one should ever have to face alone. Hey everyone, it's Lara and Michelle with Wayward Women Podcast. Hello, hello. We are super excited this morning because we have guest numero dos. I'm going to let Michelle go ahead and introduce our special guest. Awesome. I'm so excited. By the way, our uh, hellos are only so awkward. I just have to put that up. There's always a delay. Like, hello. Um, this beautiful human, uh, has inspired me more than I can say and helped me a lot. And so I'm so grateful for her lesson. Her name is Narda and she has done so much work around advocacy work. Um, she's worked with victims of domestic abuse. She is now working for homicide survivors and she's just done a lot of awesome work and had her own personal experiences. So I'm really honored to have her today to share. And did you want to say anything else, Narda? Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited yeah. about what you all are doing. So um, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. So seeing is how, and I know you do a lot of healing work too, and that's how you you know, stay balanced with this heavy work. And having so much insight as an advocate and someone who's experienced domestic abuse. So I'm curious about your story around domestic abuse, if you're comfortable sharing it, like starting there. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I, looking back now, right, I can really think about how the, you know, experiencing abuse is has been pretty lifelong for me um specifically an intimate relationship um abuse definitely um yeah just really woke me up i guess um in being in that situation and so um my experience was about 12 years ago and um it was in a 10, 10 year relationship um, that produced a beautiful son, um, but definitely had, it, it was a very, it was a learning experience for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know, it started off again, beautifully. And, and uh, the, the, he was a really good friend of mine and we had many things in common and, and it just, it started, really quickly and we um, moved moved in really quickly. Um, and so I think looking back, that was probably one of the first signs that, you know, we needed 
to have maybe taken a little bit more time to get to know one another. But again, I was I was about 21 years old and kind of wanting to to leave the nest and leave my hometown and, you know, just uh, excited, you know, to be out in the world and not realizing that, you know, really soon it would be isolating and and I would become slowly uh, less and less myself um, as time went on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was uh, my relationship for about 10 years. And uh, now thinking about the red flags before and thinking about some of the the signs, they were absolutely there mm-hmm. almost the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and a, a good point about being young, but also like if we've had abuse our whole life, it becomes normalized and, and it doesn't mean it's our fault. It just means we don't pick up on those subtleties. Hmm. And Narda, that's interesting that you said that like over time you, you became less and less yourself. Was that because, you know, obviously a, a result of like this person, um, you would like get yelled at if you were yourself or it was, can you just speak to that a little bit? Like, like what would you think kind of made you kind of start to change yourself a little bit? I think it was just feeling a lot of responsibility for him and meeting his needs all the time. And, Mm. you know, just a kind of like a cycle, like, um, you know, if he was, you know, if I kept him happy, then, you know, we would, we would be okay. And um, there was a lot of uh, substance use happening. And so navigating that as well um, was, another part of of the dynamic and so it became you know it became overwhelming at times and and there was mental health um that wasn't being addressed um Mm. by him and so there was these cycles that we would go kind of go through where um he would you know uh, the ups and downs and and be okay one moment and not okay the next and just angry yeah. and and upset and and putting me down and calling me names and you know I always kind of laughed it off it was like whatever you know but it was impactful um later after I was able to reflect and, and kind of really think about the ways that those messages um really impacted me and my ability to leave sooner right and and having a child together was also a dynamic that um, played into me staying longer mm-hmm. um, because I felt that my child needed, my son needed his parents and that I needed to be in the home to protect him and to maybe that my son uh, wouldn't, um, I could, that I could protect him and he be not aware of this behavior. And he was, <laughs> he was, and he was definitely impacted as well, but he was four years old when I decided to leave. Wow. And so, yeah, my family would mention to me how um, withdrawn and or quiet I was and how I just seemed um, just not, again, not myself and how they knew me after a few years. So at what point did you say, okay, I know this is abusive. I got to get out of here. I I have to safely get out of here because we know it it's not easy to leave 
and sometimes there's a lot of strategy. Um, and I know you were going through some pretty big life changes as well. So um, curious if you're okay to speak to that. Yeah, so um, it, it, it happened. Um, it was all like relative right to this big uh, crash, crash, financial crash that happened in 2008, 2009. And I just realized I was really taking a lot. Um, I had, had to start working two jobs because he had lost his business and this. And so the mental health really was exacerbated by this. And it was just, I, even though I was uh, tired trying to raise a child during the few hours during the day and working two full-time night jobs um, and just seeing that I wasn't getting any help and I wasn't getting any support from him and um, just kind of the attitude, right, of my role in the home and how I um, had to also take care of his needs um, whilst also providing all the financial support for my family. And so it started really weighing on me really heavy. And the abuse, the verbal abuse, the emotional and psychological abuse was just escalating. Um, and so I started... Um, just again, just feeling really nervous uh, to be home and just avoiding, trying to avoid conflict. And um, one, I, it, one, one time it, it became physical briefly. And about maybe a few weeks after that, when I decided that I it was time for me to maybe consider my options, um, because I was really, really impacted my, um, physically and mentally from months and months of this. Um, it became, there was a, a, a physical um, altercation that followed in. And, and that moment that he became physical and um, assaulted me pretty violently, um, it was like, I thought, Oh my God, he's abusive. This is a, it was the first time he ever hit me in 10 years. Um, and that's when I, I was like, I got to get out. I, that day, thankfully I was able to, to get some help um, because I was being held against my will. And so I left that day, that day I left and I, now, looking back, <laughs> I can really identify how the abuse started from the very beginning. But it wasn't until that moment that I said, I got to get out um, because it's just now that's, abuse. That's so, um, first of all, I'm really sorry you experienced that. And I'm really glad that you're willing and able to share it with us and the listeners. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so impactful, your story, because so many of us don't realize, like, it, it, it takes that physical violence for us to go oh my gosh this is abuse we don't even realize that the stuff like you said for the whole 10 years had been abusive you know just you didn't realize it you know like whether it was verbal abuse or psychological abuse or you know it's just it's I just think it's so interesting that so many of us we don't think unless we're getting hit that we're getting abused you know well and, and um and also thank you so much uh, for sharing, Marla. Um, I know this stuff is hard to share, but I also know you're 
and you're really good at taking care of yourself. Um, I heard you say too, that you, when you wanted to go home or you didn't want to go home, that you would feel nervous. And I think oftentimes when we have that nervousness, that's a huge sign that our intuition and our body is speaking to us. And I just think that's important to bring up because we don't always listen because of the abuse. Um, so if we can practice just working on that because abusers often gaslight us and define our truth and define our reality. Um, Absolutely. Yes. And what was very also like really interesting is that you know after just like that initial like I gotta get out of here you know kind of like flight mode right um mm -hmm. I still had to co-parent co and I still felt responsible for the finances in the home so I continued to um just kind of navigate that right and he would use the co-parenting and he would use now the the visitation and you know and 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 like seeing our son as um ways to continue to exert himself and i i actually like and, and again we think well i'm gone I'm, I'm 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 leaving now i can start this healing process but it was really hard to start it for i think four or five years after i left because I was still in a cycle um, because our son was so young. And so I had to engage with him and he would use tactics um, to continue to exert until just one day I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I see what you're doing. And it really began when I started doing um, domestic violence work. And so I started kind of seeing the ways that, you know, uh, again, the opportunity, if any opportunity was there, he would definitely use that and so it took it took wow. a long time for me to kind of take back that power and and really work um to to try to heal and process and um just learn relearn and unlearn right um just ways to really process and sit with what i had experienced for so long Mm -hmm. Wow. The anxiety <laughs> finally, the anxiety finally kind of started getting better. Mm -hmm. That's amazing that they, they still, you were just saying that the other day, Michelle, just when we were talking to Mickey about how like a lot of times they continue, even just because we leave doesn't mean it's over and they use things like, you know, children or jobs or finances or shared property to continue to try and control you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for touching on that because I take notes as guests share to touch on some of that. And that is a huge misconception of when we leave, you know, well, you should, you know, why aren't, what's wrong with you? You know, or why you should be better because you left this person, mm -hmm. but we have to heal from all the trauma. And then, then in addition to that, Narda, you had a child to take care of and you had to work and that's a lot. Uh, and I'm really glad you were able to get help and i'm just wondering were you able to get help from an agency or friends family how did you do that how did you go about getting help it was um yeah mostly my family um in the beginning right they were my support system and again like the attitudes in within my family within my community the kind of the socialization 
of normalizing a lot of a lot of things and so again the thing the 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 uh, thought was all right you're out of there all right <laughs> that's it we're no longer talking about the, you know we're not really um you know talking about safety plan when you're gonna go pick him up when you're gonna go pick up your son when you're gonna have to interact with him oh, wow. um we didn't really talk about the psychological like um, ways that you know i've still had anxiety I still had, um, you know, lack of sleep. I still was impacted in a lot of ways, um, uh, ongoing and still am. This is a lifelong process for me. And even though I have tools and I do a lot of affirmations right before I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to talk to him, which I now is easier because my son is older now. And so mm-hmm. he kind of, you know, use him as like, okay, you, you know, you talk to him. I don't have to talk to him a lot, but when I do, I have to really talk and like process like what that's going to look like so that I can be, um, you know, just okay. Um, and that I can set some boundaries. And that was another thing is setting boundaries with him through time uh, got easier and easier. And once he lost that power, I think, um, it, it became easier for me, you know, to, to, but it, it, again, it looks different for everyone. And for me, unfortunately, I didn't know, again, I didn't reach out to a, a agency because I immediately thought shelter. I immediately thought I have to be in crisis. I have to be in a situation where I, I'm fleeing. Right. Mm. And then it wasn't until I actually started doing some community work um, and organizing that I started learning more about resources in my community. And, you know, it was this, yeah, you can walk into this uh, domestic violence agency and just talk. Um, you don't have to be looking for shelter. And that was really surprising to me. Actually, because my idea again was, oh, it's a shelter, you know, shelter is what I think about when I think about domestic violence. And so knowing that there was these resources and and once I've started, you know, working in the community and again, I just started learning more and more in, in as an advocate on recognizing the signs and, you know, the cycle and, and it was like people were putting words on paper to my experience and I was finally feeling validated and I was finally feeling like, oh, this isn't me. And I was able to go back to my family and have those conversations and we were able to say, this happened to me and this happened to me and we have been experiencing this since we were children. Wow. Um, and this is what it looked like. Um, and so, and now being able to teach that to my son and one of the things that I was always fearful of, like I mentioned earlier, was how do I protect him if I'm not in the home, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was my reason for staying so long. <laughs> but I knew that staying was only going to, again, was, was he was seeing it. He was seeing this, this what was happening and he was being impacted by it as well. And so being out of the situation, it allowed me to create a space for him to have conversations about behavior and Sometimes he would come home really little, seven, eight years old and say, you know, um, my, my dad said this and, and I would have a conversation about how did that make you feel? And then that's not okay, you know, and, and, and safety planning with him emotionally before going. And so now he has this awareness of, hey, that's, 
that's not okay. And hey, wow. you know, and so this allowed me to kind of be out of it and be able to use these this information to to have, you know, to give to him. And that's um, amazing. You just touched on like 10 things that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that. That's like all really amazing points that you brought up right now. And because I think yeah. I think like people do expect you when you leave first of all like people expect you to leave and they're like well yeah like they don't realize that when you leave you have all this trauma to now process and like like you said anxiety or you know you have all these feelings that doesn't just go away oftentimes when we're in these situations we numb out so when we leave that's when we're finally able to start feeling again and like so I think that's really amazing and powerful that like your family at first was like, okay, like you left, move on. But then like, once you guys all got educated, you were all able, like education is huge. That's like, mm-hmm. and the thing is too, I can totally relate to the child thing. Cause my first marriage was physically violent. And I remember being terrified to like, leave my kids with this person. It was like that struggle of what kind of a parent am I that I'm leave, but you, how you do, you have to, at least for me, I was in the same boat you were. And I thought it's better for me to leave and have the kids not be around this, you know, and not see it and and have that space. So you just hit on so many things that really were great. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on some things too. I think about how you said, I was just thinking shelter. And from my experience, it'd be interesting because I worked in the housing piece and people would come through and they were just very much in survival mode, like housing, housing. Um, and then they would come back like a year later and process them because they were safe to process at that point. But also um, with having the children, I don't know that life because I can't have children. So I'm only like, I can only try to imagine. Um, but I also noticed too, when a child goes, if it's a mom and a dad, a child goes to their father, that when they come back, mom has to basically like get the child back to who they are, that children have different experiences. Like I had a person I worked with where they would be very hypervigilant and agreeable to everything she said, like, uh-huh, 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 because they had to shift from this like intense dynamic mm-hmm. and go back to their safe place. And even sometimes in their safe place, you know, mom's safer to take it out on. Not that that's okay, but, you know, just trying, you're, you know, you're carrying all that, that heavy load of like, okay, all right, let's get my child back to like a stable place. Um, and that's what really stood out for me about what you shared. Yeah. Um, Cause it sounds like that's what kind of what you were saying. Is that correct? That you'd have to kind of reel him back when he came back. Yeah, a lot of a lot of debriefing <laughs> would have happened, and him as a young boy trying to learn, trying to you know navigate, right? Um, loving his dad, and 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 in this way that his dad's masculinity shows up. That there was an experience of you coming out. I don't or however you express it and I'd be interested in knowing a little bit about that but only if you're comfortable talking about it because I feel like it also like really I remember you telling me like how your ex reacted to that and how you were uncomfortable sharing with your family and like how hard that was 
Absolutely. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Thank you for, for bringing that up. But I think this is important to also talk about because um, it, it it played into the same kind of attitudes that we that we kind of uh, get socialized with and um yeah uh it just like the normalization of abuse in in homes and and with machismo in my in my culture specifically with um you know uh, homophobia that's really kind of rampant in 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 some in many communities and many cultures and so um definitely after after i i, I always i'm I've always known I'm not the non, you know, just super fluid uh, my whole life. I always knew that about myself, that I was bisexual. And so after I left, a year and a half after I left, I, I began a relationship um, with a beautiful, beautiful human being that just came into my life in the most perfect ways to to give me a lot of love and, and support during during my healing process. And so it was a very beautiful um, relationship that I felt that I had to hide because of, um, you know, just his, his, his behavior, like his attitudes about it. One of the reasons um, that he reacted so violently um, was also because he, I was, I was, I was leaving him and he, he felt that, you know, I was leaving him so that I could pursue my sinful life. Right. And so, um, he wow. told my son many times that I was a sinner and that I should, it was not okay for me to be in a relationship with a woman. And my son had to go through that process. Oh uh, and so for a long time, um, in being afraid of being judged, I, I maintained this relationship um, kind of really on the down low. And I couldn't, I couldn't show the world my love and, and, you know, and I couldn't express that because I had shame around that. And that was another, that was also like harmful to me um, as a person, as a free spirit, as someone who is just a, loves people. And so, um, that was something I had to kind of reconcile of like, oh, whoa, hold on. <laughs> like, why? Why are you, you know, why, what is this conditioning of silence, you know? And so um, I finally just said, oh, I can't, you know, I, 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 I have to um, be okay with who I am and love myself. And that was part of that healing. And I finally... Um, stood on top of the mountaintops and and screamed and, and and just became myself. And a lot of the organizing that I was doing during that time was around the equality marriage, um, um, the yeah, the 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 freedom for all for all to marry. Uh, we were very involved in that. We um, were just doing a lot of community work around um, the with wingspan, when wingspan existed. Mm -hmm. so, um, we, and again, that was, that was so liberating and that was so good to finally talk about it and finally be able again to really 
realize how socialized we are in all of these intersections um, in race and 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 with you know as being a woman identifying as a woman and what that means to live in the world and and now you know identifying you know as as non-binary was just you know it just really like like just like wow mm-hmm. <laughs> wow like and that education that went again with my family um again to sit in hold space and say hey i understand that this is what we've been taught but that doesn't make it okay you know it's still um you asking me to not be myself my authentic self is harmful to me and so i had to also educate mom right mom one time introduced my partner as my friend uh in a family gathering and i said would you introduce my brother's partner as his friend and in that moment, she kind of realized, like, oh, I have some things to work on. And she was apologetic. And we were, I was, you know, we were able to work through that. And then she also became a fierce, you know, rights for everyone fighter. And so it was really That's good awesome. to see that transformation. And now my nieces and nephews are now themselves expressing their sexuality in really open, beautiful ways. And we're really holding for them. Like, yes, you be yourself and, and you know, just, um, yeah, just be you and, 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 been so it's been so so just what an honor an honor to just be in this space and learn what I've learned in this journey. Narda is a good friend of mine and just to hear your story is really powerful. Like you're a force. You are a force. Um you've worked with the LGBTQ communities. Uh you've worked with victims of domestic abuse you are now working for homicide survivors like you are fucking worse i can't say it enough you know and if you have more you want to say on your your story now that you have done the work and we continue to do the work i know this is going to be hard to speak to because there's probably so many things but as an advocate with victims what if you could think of one of the most powerful things that you've taken away from from experiencing it and from being an advocate and walking that path with people, what do you think that would be? Yeah, just I I see how just connected we all are by these stories and this journey that is, you know, so again intersectional and so can you, can you explain a little bit about the intersectional piece? Because I'm not sure how much listeners know, and maybe they do, but I think that's, you know, if you could just give a brief explanation of that. Yes, absolutely. So just uh, just thinking about all the ways that um, abuse intersects with with many in in many ways and so like i mentioned earlier when we think about the impacts and the root of violence is it's it's connected to our attitudes about other people whether it be because of um, the race 
um, whether it be because of their class, whether it be because of the, their, their physical abilities um, and, and being able to, uh, because of, you know, again, the, the rainbow of, of, of um, fluidity when, when it comes to someone's um, sexual orientation or gender identity. Um, when we think about, again, um, the, the, the ways that we move in the world uh, and when we identify as female and, and how what that looks like and feels like in our world. Mm -hmm. And so when you take all those things and, and, and we see, again, how rooted these beliefs and these attitudes and these notions of power and control, who has the power, who has control, who can exert um, these, you know, these really harmful things that impact so many of us. And so um, in, 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 in domestic abuse, it's just, it, it's compounded in all of, on top of all that, right? There's this, again, this uh, behavior of 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 that's that can be unhealthy and can be really and a lot of it is learned behavior mm -hmm. and and it's and it's and it's socialized and it's and it's attitudes and and it's and it's connected again when we and not just domestic violence right we're talking about sexual abuse and mm -hmm. and, and all of the ways again that 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 uh, we see that happening and so we are I feel like we are all connected by this web right of just all of these things and so um and the lack of information that we have to be able to name them and 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 say hey um because it's again it's so so normalized and it's also like a privilege right to uh, be able to 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 really, um, yeah, to really, like, people who have positions of power and privilege are not going to relinquish that and, and so easily. Mm -hmm. So uh, the normalization of that and, and kind of people sleeping on that is that it continues to, to just impact so many people. And so I love that, again, you all are doing that you're putting this out there, that you're putting this education and these stories out there, because it's it's critical that we that we name it and that we call it out. Because <laughs> until we do, you know, uh, it, until now, right? I had to go to a domestic violence uh, agency to get this support, but now we're using technology to really connect and really put it out there to to the and then I know that there are people listening right now that are feeling in their gut something that is really like they, it's naming maybe something that they experienced and knowing that it's not their fault that they're not alone and that um there sometimes our testimony can be the the most powerful thing because it can allow someone to relate and really you know, feel validated um, mm -hmm. to the, their experience, that what they're experiencing is, is, is unfortunately pretty common. Yeah, and I thank you for answering that because I do think about the importance of having people on who 
who feel comfortable enough, who are considered within those marginalized um, areas, right? The mar marginalized populations because their voices are not heard enough. And so again, if, if, you know, thank you for being open and discussing that because there is a lack of awareness. And I think if anything, like I've been thinking about this podcast and putting it out there and my intentions, and I just want people to know like they're not crazy. Mm -hmm. And I just want, you know, it might sound cheesy, but growing up extremely overweight and poor and with abuse, I got so tired of being seen as that, right? Seen as the the fat girl, seen as the poor girls. Like I think it would be such a beautiful world. And I think we're creating it right now is just like we're humans. Like mm -hmm. let's break outside of those boxes because they're suffocating us. Where where are you at now? Like currently? How are you? What are you doing? What are you up to? Like I'm so, you know, all the things you do are always, you know helping you're always helping 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 and you've taught me so much even like the little things like leave something behind when you're you know I think you know when you're hiking or thank the trees for letting you be a part of this nature and like it's been so beautiful to me to be your friend and your comrade so where are you at um yeah so I turned uh, 40 this year. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> and wow, what a journey, right? Just like, wow, just looking back and I'm just really sitting with a lot of gratitude, a lot of gratitude for everything. And I think that that was, was the most powerful thing was that I was able to kind of sit with everything that I had experienced and, and just feel, just again, feel grateful to be here now, to have learned what I learned, what I have learned, what I have unlearned. Um, and that, you know, I, I, I know that I am worthy of so much love and respect in, in the way that I am able to offer that. And also it's a gift, you know, for, for me to sit here because I know that many people don't survive. And so I just count all of the things that I have, you know, been able to 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 have in this journey as tools to help me and knowing also that that's been a privilege um, and that many people don't have access to, to that. But... Um, yeah, I'm just I'm doing continuing again to just um, I I have um, just learned and grown and connected to myself in ways that I have never had been able to before. I have connected to my mm. family and my supports, and I've really identified healthy relationships in my life. I have pretty non-existent toxic relationships because of, again, using my intuition, 
uh, setting boundaries, being able to walk away and know that I don't owe anyone anything who is being harmful to me, mm. whether it's my family or, you know, people that are, have been close to me that I've had to walk away with, you know, just love in my heart, but just being have, having to be able to say, you know, I is is this bringing me pleasure right now? Is, is, this, mm. is this something that's healthy for me? And um, I spoke about my last relationship um, as, you know, again, another beautiful experience and I was able to travel and, and again, just really heal a lot of, um, again, lifelong um, trauma um, in that process. But um, for the last four years, I pretty much made the decision to, to be single and just, again, just dedicate myself to not only the work that I do and, 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 and supporting and healing um, myself, right, um, and connecting to community, and that's been really powerful. And um, and now I'm open to this new relationship that I'm in. That is, um, I believe, healthy. I feel it, um, and and it's new, and I'm excited, and um, I I yeah, and 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 continuing to just connect, always connect to nature and connect to, to myself and, and my supports and learning all the time every single day and allowing myself also to have those moments that mm. I do still have trauma response but there is that I do I can access my tools I can access my supports and those moments and being really gentle and kind that that is part of the process and so um, just living it a moment at a time, I think, has been really, really helpful for me and staying really grounded and present. So as far as like how you take care of yourself, is there other ways that you're comfortable sharing that are helpful because you do hold so much and how you take care of yourself? I always kind of check in with myself around my mind, my body and my spirit. And so I, I check in with myself around, OK, what do I need right now? What do I need in this moment? Um, and being able to create that for myself. But I also have to ask myself, is this, you know, is, is this serving me right now? And so I check in with, you know, what does my body need in this moment? Do I need to rest or do I need to go be, you know, do a physical activity? Um, in the last, again, in the last three or four years, it's been a lot of, um, eating well, um, treating my body well, because part of my trauma was this disconnection from myself. Um, and this like kind of like this, uh, again, like um, all the messages, right, that we get about our bodies and all these things. And I just, I just make sure that you know i check in with my body and what do i need in this moment what do i need emotionally and what do i need spiritually for myself and, and my spiritual journey has just been unfolding these last 10 years to again just an infinite amount of beautiful possibilities of the things that i can learn um about my faith about um the way that i'm connected to everything and everyone and the way that um, how I, you know, again, how 
with my heart center where is that at right now like how am i feeling right now in this moment to be able to hold space or do i need to just take care of myself and and just visualize myself um, like just being protected um you know by by the source and by the universe and um using that kind of that protection as i walk in the world um, and walking gently and softly on the world as I know that I'm a visitor and I'm a guest here and that I'm I'm here again, that anything that I do to myself, you know, that's harmful, um, you know, it's, it's impacting. It's impacting mm-hmm. um, those around me. It's impacting myself. And, and so again, just staying really present and, and in the moment and yeah, just really grateful. I think that's how I would describe my constant state is of gratitude. And again, just being gentle and kind when I don't feel that way, because that's okay too. That's beautiful. I think that's such a good message too, for listeners to, you know, just like, because we have a lot of listeners, maybe that still are in a situation where they are disconnected from themselves. So it's really amazing. Your story gives a lot of hope, I think, of, you know, on the one hand, at some point in your life, being where somebody told you who you are, numbing out, not taking care of yourself, taking care of everyone else, to now being 40, connecting to yourself, standing up for your community, advocating for people, advocating for yourself, you know. And I love that you said, too, that you were single for a while. Um, I just want to bring it back there really quickly because I think a lot of people who are in tough situations have you know maybe a fear of being alone or single or by themselves and hearing you speak about that and hearing I know Michelle speaks about it too I just think is so encouraging because there's nothing wrong with being by yourself being and you're never by yourself really you know what I mean yeah friends and family and sorry to interrupt yeah no it's so true though it's like I think that's I just wanted to reiterate that point for anyone who's listening who, you know, maybe has like, oh, I'm scared to be alone or I don't know what, you know, being, I think <laughs> being on a journey of being single is might be one of the most beautiful things that you can do to, to heal and to grow and to find your voice. And um, so that was really powerful and, and beautiful to listen to. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Yeah. I used to... I, yeah, I got the privilege to, I still do, but I, I was had the privilege to facilitate groups. And um, again, just that like sacred circle of powerful, powerful testimony being shared mm. and that how important it is to speak and, and process and cry and, and feel and allow that, you know, that, yeah. that, to flow through us and 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 one of the things I used to say is, you know, you can never really feel alone if you enjoy the company that you're with. And so in order for me to really be okay with that, because it took me a long time, right, to really sit with myself um, and really just talk to myself and really visualize um myself as in those moments where I felt powerless, in those moments where I felt unheard, where I felt um, as a child, right? I had to kind of do visualization and go back to those moments and give myself that support and that love and 
you can create, you can change things. And so, and that it's going to also be those moments, right, of like um, the trauma response is always there. Um, less and less as time goes by, because again, those affirmations and that protection and that connection and staying in the moment has been really, really significant um, in my healing. And so, yeah, thank you for that, for, for both of you, for the opportunity. And, um, and I'm so excited to share um, what you all are doing, because it's so incredibly important. And it's an honor that you all invited me here today. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for coming on. Thank you for constantly inspiring me and the listeners. Um, every you know everything that we have talked about is is really powerful. And also, I'm just loving the idea of someone listening to this right now and being like, oh. It's okay to cry. Um, mm-hmm. It does take time to heal. Um, that's normal. Um, and that you're not alone. All advocates, really, whether we do it on a, a smaller scale as far as like family, friends, or whether we go out into the community, we're mm-hmm. all advocates. And people listening to this podcast, you're an advocate too. Um, because we do want to shift our culture where we don't have to worry about walking alone at night or we don't have to worry about keeping our guard up around a new relationship because they might be abusive, like mm-hmm. all those things, they need to end. Yeah. So I think this is a good um, place to wrap up. Unless, do you have anything else that you want to share before we wrap up, Narda? No, thank you again. Just gratitude for, for the, the space you all are holding. Yeah, so grateful and excited to share it for sure. Thank you for joining us and for being open and sharing with us and our listeners. And uh, there is help out there. There is support. Um, it's not about saying you need to leave. It's about the support and talking about safety. So please reach out to the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. 1-800-799-7233. And if you need to exit safely out of that, um, if you're online, they have a way to do that. And everybody, please take good care of yourself. Know you're loved and respected. Yeah. And you're not crazy. You're not crazy. (laughs) 